I come into my office today and my my desk is covered with checks with Ross's name. <laughs> it's been uh, been a hot start here, twenty twenty two, man. Things I'm staring, are. I'm staring at many thousands of dollars, Ross. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for uh, for all this. This is um, yeah. Things are you know. People out, up. people out there must be using you. Heating up right now. So got a couple. Had a couple yesterday. A couple today. A couple Monday. Moving around, man. Moving and shaking. Trying everything. Uh, a lot of help from our buddy Sean Brecky these last couple of weeks, which has been yeah. awesome to have. Uh, you know, like yesterday, he was showing a house. We ended up writing an offer on. Have your little pocket pet. Yeah. <laughs> Traveling <laughs> around. Well, I mean, it just helps to have. I, I'm, I'm busy. And last year, yeah. around this time, I uh, when things started to get really crazy, I lost some business because I just I couldn't, yeah. couldn't juggle that many balls at one time. And so uh, seeing that kind of coming on the horizon a couple weeks ago, I uh, asked Sean if he'd be willing to help me out with some stuff. And man, it's been an awesome godsend. So hopefully you're compensating the young man. Oh, shoot. Oh, did you forget about that oh. part? Trivia question. I've been, I've been doing that. I just impressed a buyer that I went out with because I asked him what he did. And he told me and I knew what it meant. And okay. he said a lot of people have no idea what that means. Okay. When I say it. Ready? Yeah. I think you'll get this one. I don't like the sound of this. He's in the military, but he's in into uh, cartography. What so is that? Cartography is I. I mean, to say it simply, is it map design? It's maps, yeah. And I said, yeah. I said maps. He's like, man, a lot of people don't know what that means. Yeah, I'm like I'm a trivia guy. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, you probably useless knowledge. You probably just pushed me to the end of mm-hmm. my. I don't know much more. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, but that cartography is the type of stuff I'm I'm familiar with. You know that and what I know what spelunking is. Yeah, uh, but yeah, cartography is something that is fascinating to me. I do you have any. Uh, you, I'm not trying to be sexist, but it does seem to fall down male female lines. A lot of this on this question. Okay, which way are you facing right now? Which direction? I'm facing north. You are facing north. Okay. Yeah, I'm good with right. I'm very good with that, and I've always kind of been able to like I've I can always, be I can be inside a house that I've never been inside, and a lot of clients will probably ask you this: what What way does this face? Yeah, which way are we facing right now? Right. I almost always know. Now I can't describe exactly how I I just feel north. I feel south. I don't know. I don't know exactly how I know. I just well, know. the sun's coming in the south window. Well, sometimes you look. Sometimes you look at the sun. <laughs> You're like it's evening and the sun's setting. So I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, gander a guess that that one's west <laughs> over there but you know it's my wife is terrible directions yeah my wife is also you know yep. so i don't know i'm sure there's females out there that there are, are that's why I, I don't think it falls directly down those lines but in my experience i don't know why that is if maybe boys were so interested in like military as kids when you we look I, at maps more i bet I, I bet duke is about there and i'm betting seton already went through this because i know eli did yeah boys want a compass as a toy hmm yeah, I don't think my kid has asked for one. I to my knowledge. But. I, well, when Eli was in Boy Scouts, that was like a big thing. Compasses. Yeah. And we had uh, we have a fire starter with a compass on the top, and he was just fascinated with which way's north. Yeah, we you know we'd be on hikes and stuff. But anyway, yeah, cartography is super cool. Yeah, yeah. I asked him more specifics, and he couldn't give me any because it's a military. So oh, apparently he's, uh, some, he's doing some classified mapping, but that's okay. Is there any? And I, I'm sure it wasn't with this guy, but if you were in the military, would you use that as like a cop out? Just say, say, just say everything's classified. Yeah, right, right. I, maybe. Like if I was in Armed Forces Radio. 
Yeah. And people were like, Ross, so you what, know, is what, it you, what is it you do? Oh, I talk about sports on the on the radio for the well, military. T- tell me more. What's that like? Uh, well, it's classified. I can't do that. Oh, you you talk oh, about? Are they, I can oh, tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Oh, what what are your thoughts on LeBron James? Uh, they're classified. So does that end? By the way, like uh, if you work in uh, the CIA and yeah. it's very classified, and then you retire, yeah, you leave, yeah. No, it does not. You yep. have to. You got to keep it zipped forever. Yes, you do. Yep. And my and I know that because of my dad's time in Vietnam. My dad was not like a Navy SEAL or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But my dad did a couple of tours. And in one of them, he had uh, classified clearance or secret clearance or something like that. And Double top secret we, yeah, clearance, so, clearance. Right, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And has said to us before, like, he, he, can't, can't, he can't and won't talk about anything until the commander-in-chief tells him he can. So, so he no, takes so, it very seriously. So, so never. Never. There's even a, there's I just a wonder if someone like, gets on their deathbed. No one's going to find out. And they're, they're literally taking the last breath. Like, okay, before I go, I just want to tell you a few things. I bet that's happened. This is who shot Kennedy. I bet that's happened. I oh, bet, I bet oh, it has. Probably. And, and, and a couple of things might have happened. Number one, the family never said anything. Mm-hmm. Number two, because they thought, they thought it, we don't want to ruin dad's reputation of keeping these secrets all these years and, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or the family came out and said, hey, my dad gave a deathbed confession, and we all thought that they were crazy or he was crazy or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. I mean, who do you who do you get? How do you get that news out? Who do you call to say? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you don't call John Bachman when somebody tells there's, you there's a, a, a secret, you. Uh, and the level of secret, whatever, doesn't matter. But just a secret, they say, uh, "Hey, don't tell anybody." And then they tell you something. Do you think that person has a reasonable expectation if you're married that you're going to tell at least Whoa, your spouse through that? Oh, I see. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, here's a secret. Don't tell. And it could even, let's just use a small example. Like, someone's pregnant and tells you they're pregnant. Yeah. Right. We're not telling anybody, but I'm going to tell you, don't tell anybody because we want to break the news. Yeah. Do you think that person has a reasonable expectation that that person's always going to at least tell their spouse? Or does that mean, like, literally tell nobody? I mean, I went through this recently. Okay. And I didn't tell my wife. Hmm. Now, and I'm, I'm a, I'm an open book with my wife about, almost everything and yeah. i say almost everything because there this it didn't it didn't mean anything to her yeah right so i wasn't it didn't it wasn't like i was holding withholding information that was imper- pertinent to my wife or yeah. our relationship or something yeah this was a this was a friend outside of my relation and i don't my wife knows about this person i don't mean it to yeah. sound like yeah. my yeah. girlfriend uh, my girlfriend's pregnant, and I didn't tell my, my wife about it. Susie, no, no, that's not what happened here. Me and Susie, a friend of mine, and, and we do, we've talked about this. We have several girls in the office that are pregnant right now. Uh, one, none of them by us. None of them by us. Let's clear that up. Thankfully, no, yeah, because no. yeah, I'm done. I'm, are you done having kids? Well, with my wife, yes, because her tubes are tied. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to answer that. Like forever, I probably. <laughs> But I mean, if yeah. I come home today and she's like, "It's over," I mean, I guess I'm probably having another. Oh, I kid. see what you're saying. I see. You know yeah, I mean? so I didn't tell my wife about that one. I didn't tell my wife about. Um, yeah, I think I, I share with my wife most things, and by that I mean like most things that I I feel like are important to her in some way. Yeah. Okay. Are you looking at Are you looking it up? What you told your wife? Oh no 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 no! no. I, my phone was buzzing, and I just wanted to make sure I was because I've got I'm expi- I've got a couple things uh, happening right now in the real estate world, as you know. Irons in the fire. <sighs> got a couple closings on Monday. I sold re- one last night while we're bragging about things. Look at you! 
15,000 15, over ask price. How about this? I had one happen last night that I've never had happen before. Okay. Aliens. No. Your house. A- yeah. Aliens landed on a home I was showing and ghosts came out of the basement. That would be awesome. Chris Williams should be here for that. Story. He would have been. He And fa- it was funny. He was there. He had scarlet fever. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, funny. the, house that Brecky went and showed yesterday to a couple of buyers they are they're writing serious offers here right they got cash they're going to be doing five hundred thousand dollar home we went and saw a house and it was during the show so sean took him over there yesterday and they loved it and they wanted to see the house they wanted to buy the house wanted to write an offer so we called the agent there's no offers on the table the house has been on the market for a day we send our offer over to them last night the agent presents the offer and then calls me and says, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but these sellers have decided they don't want to sell their home. Mm-hmm. Things, oh, always fun. How long, things, how long had it been on the market? A day. Okay. Things had gotten real. They got an offer in front of them. And, uh, we have to move now. One of them said, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to move. So that was my first time dealing with that one. That send an offer and it does. you don't get a counter offer. That sucks. You don't get a rejection. You don't get ghosted. You get... It's going off the market, which I felt bad for the agent. I mean, you know, that's yeah, it's a lot of wasted time, wasted effort, et yeah, cetera. wasted money, spent money, you know. God, anyway, but he'll, he, yeah, inter- we, interesting scenario. Well, we have had, uh, yeah, no, definitely some interesting ones. We're dealing with one right now, by the way. That talk about frustrations. I think a lot of people don't understand some of the things agents do, and this isn't meant to be like, hey, agents are worth every penny every time type of a speech. I just think there's a lot behind the scenes that the people have no idea that agents deal with. I was telling somebody the other day that a lot of our job is being psychologists. Honestly, it's talking people off the ledge. It's convincing them of something that's probably for their own good, even if they don't think it is. It's just, you know, we've dealt with clients that are crying about things. We've dealt with clients. Uh, Ross, you had one a few months back that was just being frankly unreasonable about, about something relatively small willing to kill an entire deal over something small day before closing. Yeah. I mean this stuff, this yeah. stuff pops up all the time, but yeah. so recently we have an agent that's um, helping someone sell a house and in the inspection, it turned out that, Oh, uh, there's a couple damaged shingles, which happens from time to time. So apparently this, this buyer who we don't represent this buyer um, has, has a roofing company out and the roofing company says this roof needs to be replaced. Yeah. So the seller thinking that's odd because the roof doesn't look that bad says, okay, we're going to have the insurance company come out because typically in a situation like that, if the roof's bad enough, your insurance company will replace it. You'll pay the deductible and it's a good way to do it. So, but the insurance company said we can't come out until we actually have like a bid or whatever. So anyway, these sellers get, I think to my knowledge, three other roofing companies to come out. (laughs) All three say minimal damage. We're talking about like $700 worth of fixes. The insurance company obviously is not going to replace a roof based on that. And it's kind of in limbo now because this other party, this buyer is like, well, you know, they're holding on to the fact that this one roofer said you need a new roof, even though three said you absolutely do not. It's got minimal damage. And that stuff happens a lot because honestly, in a case like this, is that roofer trying to get a roof job? Probably. Doesn't mean that the roof actually has to be replaced or should be replaced. It says, here's an opportunity for me to replace a full roof. Exactly. Right. You know, so I'm going to tell them it needs a full roof and scare <laughs> this buyer into thinking if they get anything less than that, the house is going to fall apart. So our agent's really uh, not taking that information well, and we'll see where the deal falls. But it's uh, I had a deal that was week of closing this week that kind of fell apart. 
I think it's coming back together. Um, but it's, yeah. So you, there's ups and downs in this industry, man, for, you, for sure. You met a gentleman yesterday. Uh, we happened to be at the same law office dealing with closings at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you met the stepfather of uh, one of my clients that we had just helped him out with his first time home buy. Yeah. And he, as a big fan of our podcast, has been a fan of our podcast for a long time, Josh Reynolds. Hey, Josh. Josh. We've given Josh a shout out before, but it was kind of a somber one. Remember him telling you this story when we were by the... So Josh's brother passed away a few years ago last year, and we mentioned that on the podcast because they they liked listening and all that. So anyway, I helped uh, Colton get his first home the other day. That's the name of the buyer I showed today. Interesting. Is he buying another home? He's buying another home. Um, the uh, So Josh says to me, hey, Ross, I love the new podcast. Love the best story ever. The best podcast is is fantastic. I've, he says, I know you're telling bigger stories, kind of worldwide stories. Yeah. But I've got one for you that's a local story. Yeah. And he did preface it by saying "I'm." I, he knows that I'm a dirt track racing fan because Josh and I actually worked at a couple of dirt tracks together. And... Um, there does take, it takes a little bit of knowledge. So I'm going to give you a bit of background to lead you into this story. Now, this is not the best story of, uh, that I'm going to tell is you. Is it second best? I mean, what this are we, is, what are we doing? Is, here's what this is. This is a damn good story. Okay. But not the it's, best. It's, okay. So don't, don't get your hopes don't worry, up, people. Worry, we're yeah. not quite there yeah, yet. Don't, don't think you're, we're shooting our load here so early on. 13 minutes in. Ross yeah, is well, about to, oh, I can't hold it anymore. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I just wanted to share this with you because it was, in a, right. it was real estate related, but it gets us into our fun here. Okay. Uh, so when you go to race a, a track uh, at a dirt track, there's a lot that goes into climbing into the car. I mean, you, you, a lot of people know that you're wearing like a fire suit, but under the fire suit, you're also wearing one of those head socks, right? And you, mm-hmm. maybe you've gone to MB2 Raceway and you've had to wear a head sock yep. under your enclosed helmet. Then you lock yourself into the car and you buckle in real tight. I mean, you're in a cocoon, okay? Yeah. And... Josh is in the cocoon one day. Josh is racing, and he's uh, he's out there in a, in a heat race, which means it's a shorter race. These are the races that start the night at a at, at a dirt track event. Six, maybe eight lap race. Okay. Okay. They uh, green flag flies. They're racing around. One of the guys that's on the track with Josh is a legendary racer named Larry Embry. Larry has raced everything you could ever imagine on dirt. Okay. It's got wheels. And there's a competition. He Larry. doesn't have a very legendary name, though. His, na- a, his name should be like Dirts McGee. It, or Dirt Track Larry. Something. Old something, Dirt something Track. Something legendary sounding. Old, old legendary Dirt Track yeah. Larry. Dirk Ovals is his name. So Dirk Ovals is out. So, okay. <laughs> so Josh, Josh, our buddy Josh, is is racing in this, uh, in this race, this heat race with Larry Embry. And they get a couple laps in, and all of a sudden a yellow flag flies. And... Now they get kind of packed up again, and Josh is in second. He's right behind Larry, who's leading the race, and he's all excited about it. You know, he's got this legend in his in his eye in his sights here. He can maybe win this heat race, and that'd be a cool little thing to start the night off. And as they're coming around turn three, and once you once you get out of turn four, that's when the green flag is going to fly. Josh is watching the the flag stand. He's ready for the green flag to fly. He's ready to hop on the gas, and just about that time, his eyes peel off of the green flag that the flag stand towards Larry Embry. Okay. At which point he sees Larry's left hand come out of the driver's side window of the car and flick a cigarette. <laughs> I can picture it. <laughs> Legendary Larry. I can picture it. Old dirt track Larry 
had somehow, in the middle of a six-lap race, first of all, to plan on, hey, guys, in case I'm out there long enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I need is, a heater. Yeah, I'm going to need a heater. How if many, I happen how many, to be out how there. Many, it, how many laps are these races? Six to eight laps. And okay. we're t- and, the, and, and in a, even in a the slowest of classes, if this is, an, if this is stock cars, mm-hmm. you're still talking about, you know, 45 second laps. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're at maximum with this yellow flag. You're going to be on the track for 10 minutes at yeah. max. Yeah. And, but Larry not only prepped for it by having this, the heaters ready. Yep. And somehow the, the two things that are just phenomenal here are that he was able to light it somehow yep. and smoke the damn thing. But you can light with, you can light with one hand. So here's what I was thinking. Not there's no glass in this thing. So remember that you're in an open air. He could, he could have started the race with um, uh, the 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 heater in his mouth. Certainly could have. Could have. But you're but you're right? again you're a couple laps in. Uh, you got you have to have a closed visor there, and there are race. Um, like when I worked at the track, there are there are folks that work for the track that are watching this and make sure as the drivers come out yeah. that they're buckled in correctly, that their safety net their is up, visor's that down. their visor is down. Yep. Yes, exactly. And so Larry, not only, so here's what we're trying to think of, Mark. Did he have a bick between his legs? And then he would like pull that bad boy up, put a knee against the wheel, cover the flame, light that sucker up. So how, how much of the racetrack is a straightaway? Uh, feet wise, you're wondering. Yeah, what do like you mean? how long are you on the straightaway? Like ten oh, seconds before seconds. you're turning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seconds. Okay, because that's you're lighting it on this on the straightaway. And he, and he had to have lit it again during that yellow flag period when you're not actually racing, when you're going a lot slower. Yeah. And then there in those straightaways, you've got maybe a good 15, 20 seconds of time. Enough time. In yeah. 15 seconds of time, if you think I about can it, see, you're I used can see, to doing like, this. You got to put yourself in the car. I don't know where the smoke was. Maybe he had it dangled out of his mouth to start. Yeah, but Larry, as he was in the car that day and sees the yellow come out, he says, "Fuck." <laughs> and then his next thing is he says, "Hello, old friend." <laughs> well, we might as well do this. Let's dance, you know. Let's and then Larry, dance, of course, old on that, friendly Winston on that that first that first deep inhale, you know, he's that's nice, you know. He's talking to himself in the car. <laughs> That's what that's what I needed. Oh, I thought that Larry's was. ready for the green flag now. Uh, I don't oh, know, man. I, I thought that story was fantastic. Is this guy still alive? This racer? I believe so. I believe yeah. so because Josh made it seem like it wasn't tracked down. It wasn't that long ago that yeah. and, and anybody who's been around racing is also visualizing the the visor has to go up, the helmet has to go down, the 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 head sock has to be moved aside, like. This is this is a yeah. veteran move. Yeah. Okay, I'm this probably telling. wasn't the first time Hell he had, he had no. lit a heater. And then he's flicking dude. it out just before the green flag flies. Now this is the other funny part about it. Josh says he was so astonished by what he saw in that moment that when the green flag did fly, he forgot to hit the gas. Like everybody, <gasps> what am I seeing? He's like, did I just see what the? How did he? Like, you know, and all these questions we've just I can't pondered. He, I can't believe you didn't ask him. I think you, you should have obviously asked him and said, how did you get that done? Um, I would bet at one time Josh did reach out to Larry and say, did I see that? And Larry said, yeah. damn, damn right, kid. By the way, breaking news, uh, we've just um, 
officially got our 17th agent here at Charterhouse. Hey, I literally, I literally uh, approved the application as you were telling your story because I just had to click a few things. It nice. Is that now? This is Natalie. Natalie, who I met yesterday. Natalie is our 17th. Last agent. couple days, I should say. I met her on Wednesday. She yeah, is right. uh, officially licensed now. So congrats, congrats to Natalie. Um, I want to get your take on something. Because that's what we do here. Takes. Strong takes. Strong take Tuesday on a Friday. On a Friday. Um, we talked a little bit about this in a text group that we're in the other day. Uh, and I don't know if it'll happen, but let's assume that it will. Elon Musk buying Twitter. Twitter is something relevant to a lot of our audience. Okay. I'm curious on your thoughts of why you think he's doing it. And if he does buy Twitter. And my understanding is he would take it private which essentially just means you wouldn't be able to own stock yeah, in Twitter anymore. Way I, way I understand right? it. Right. So uh, what's your spin on this? Forty, I think $43 billion, and didn't he say cash? Buy it for $43 billion? In, ca- in cash. How, how rich is he? Dude, he has $260 billion. He has a quarter of a trillion dollars right now. Good Lord. He's so, the richest man on the planet. He's okay, richer so than Jeff he Bezos. wants to buy, of all things, Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Now We talked, we talked last week about fuck you money. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got it in spades. <laughs> and this kind of feels what it's about. He, he doesn't like how Twitter's trending. Or yeah. or maybe he doesn't care. I right. don't Like, the whole thing kind of feels like everybody's being played yeah. to me. But what's your take on it? Let's assume for a second that Elon Musk buys Twitter. Okay. Do you immediately get a mass... Exodus. I'm just going to say liberals. I realize that's that's broad, but that's kind of what he has seemed to have a problem with. Does he immediately get a mass exodus of tens of millions of people, and doesn't that kind of destroy Twitter? It's not Twitter anymore. Okay, so let's first question and then second question because second question obviously is built off the premise of the first answer being yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think the I, I don't think I'll accept that premise. That I think that first question the answer is no. That people. People threaten this all the time, Mark. How many people were going to move to Canada if Donald Trump won? Then how many people were going to move to Canada if Joe Biden won? Then you know, like, yeah, we hear this stuff all people the time. People say shit. I, people I say shit, and then they don't do anything about it. And I think that's, yeah. Where are they going to go? Yeah. People that like Twitter don't are. are I do Twitter and Facebook, what, what's the, what's but the, they're not the same. I know. What's the Twitter equivalent right that's now? That's what I'm saying. Like, where, when you say tens of, you know, these if you people, uh, let me okay, I, I don't mean to ask you too many questions. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. If uh, a story breaks, uh, a death. We'll just use a death. You heard a celebrity has just died. A friend said, did you see that? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Do you go to Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. That's your first stop. Mark, it has become in the last couple of years, because it was certainly for a long time, not that case, not that way. Uh, I have a really interesting Twitter start story, by the way, if mm-hmm. you, but Twitter was not a news source for me in any way until I got Till these last couple of years, and I started to realize. And in fact, I will tell you, man, I think it was even the Hong Kong stuff um, that I started to realize. Like the if you use Twitter the right way, if you kind of work the algorithm your yeah. your direction, the way you can get some really good stuff yeah. out of Twitter. Uh, and that's what I started to do. And so I do get a lot more news and stuff out of Twitter, dude. I, if anything happens in the sports world, if I'm watching a game. Something crazy. The lady glued her hand to the field, uh, the court the other night. You went there. To as see if anyone... soon as I went to Twitter, yeah. and and it, you know why I go to Twitter because it is dependable. 
when I go there, I instantly find the things that I'm going within to look seconds within seconds. Within seconds, yeah. If it's not if it's not immediately when I pop up, when you hit search and you type in the first yeah. couple letters, that's one of the things so I do. Uh, an example would be, um, yeah, watching sports and you missed uh, you missed something in the game or you heard something happen. Yeah. I will usually go to Twitter immediately to f- see if I can find the video yep. of whatever it is. That's why I don't go to Google because Google's not that fast. No. That's the problem with Google. Google will show you stuff from four hours ago. It's not immediate. Twitter's immediate. So I don't. I agree. I don't think there's anything else, at least that I use. And I'm an old dude and now. That's that mark that you just nailed. Big part of this conversation. You and I are both old dudes now who use Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm working with a 20 year old kid who at the radio station right now named Caleb. He's our new producer. Yeah. It's eye-opening, man. It's so eye-opening. Is he, is he going to TikTok for the same thing or no? TikTok is the... It, it, for, for my... Eli has TikTok on one of his devices. He brings so much information to us from... Where he'll say, we're, we're headed to Adventureland. And he'll say, oh, yeah, Dad, by the way, such and such ride isn't open today. How yeah. the hell do you know that? Yeah. Oh, because their TikTok shared that this morning and I saw that. Yeah. Um, so it will be... In the next fifteen years or so, TikTok is will be the one that you we're going to for news. Yeah. yeah. So what what do you think the take is then? Like what is this? Again, strictly opinion. I understand this. What what do you think his goal is to own a valuable asset or is it to screw no, people man, over? Because so, no. But, and I was saying this. Let me let me make one more point. So so Elon Musk buys Twitter. And says, okay, now we're going to change the way, like, we want to make it less liberal. Let's yeah. just use that as a, general, a generalization. Yeah. Okay, I would, I would argue that 95%, and that number is probably low, of the people that work for and help keep Twitter running based on where it's located are probably liberal. Oh, Mark, no, 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 no. I'm low, 99%. <laughs> Stop it. You don't think that's true? Um, I don't know. I, 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 no, I don't think that that's true. I think that that number is way high. Um, I mean, it, it, I, I'm not going to argue the point, which is the, the majority of the employees are probably liberal. I'm not, I, I will agree with that because of the demographics of the people that work there, the, the geography of where a lot of them are from, just who's drawn into those sorts of industries anyway, that very real possibility. I guarantee you in in that capitalist driven world, there are a couple of conservatives running around and mm-hmm. it might be the accountant and the bookkeeper yeah. that keep themselves quiet, but I guarantee you there's a couple. Yep. Uh, so that's, that, that's the, the last one though, but you threw a couple in there that the, the Musk thing about why is a really great question. I don't think it is the, it's the F you money thing that we talk about. And I've heard some people say that like, Oh, he's just doing this to, and I would even say, so let, we'll get back to the why. You also said there was a, the, the generalization that you made in there was um, to make it less liberal. I would even open that up and say the generalization for what I think Elon Musk is trying to do is make it um, a more fair, free speech platform. He has pointed out to, some... To both sides. To both sides, right. Which he's, I agree with. Yeah, he's not trying to make it less liberal. That's what would happen if you if you stopped banning the New York Post and Donald Trump and things like that. Yeah. You'd, you'd get you'd get more of... Uh, you'd get more conservatism, yep. thereby making it less liberal. Yep. I don't think people would run away from Twitter. I think that liberals still see that, and they've... Again, their algorithms have built their 
the same cocoons that I live in, that I, that I, you know, my comfortable little safe spaces. Yep. When I open it up, I see the things I want to see because Twitter knows what I want to see. And it does that with liberals also. And it's not going to shove, uh, the New York post and Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson down their throat just because sure. now all of a sudden Elon Musk owns the thing. Yeah. Elon Musk is, would buy it for one reason because he can make money off it. I think that, I mean, I don't know, man, maybe what do you think about what, Elon what, Musk? What, don't don't okay. you think Elon Musk let me is ask, so let me ask a really singular, dumb question. singularly driven towards profit? Let me ask a, a really dumb question here. Okay. And I admit up front it's dumb, but I honestly am not sure of the answer on this based on my Twitter experience. How is Twitter making money? Facebook has ads all the time, yeah. sponsored posts yep. all the time. Twitter doesn't you're not you don't go on Twitter and see ad, 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 ad all the time. No, you don't, and you don't see How are they making their money? Couple ways. They're selling uh, data, I would assume. They're, they're selling a ton of data. Yeah. Uh, that's probably number one on their income stream. Number two, they do have sponsored ads. It's not nearly as invasive as it is on, but you you see the little tiny gray sponsored okay. at the top of tweets um, on, on Twitter. And it'll be about every hundredth tweet or something like that that you scroll through yeah. will be a promoted or sponsored or advertisement. Yeah. It'll have that little gray thing up in the corner. Facebook, at least my Facebook, it seems like seven out of ten. Well, our ads it, are sponsored. Thing things where I think are Facebook, posts. Facebook's deal is in those videos, man. Yeah. Every video you get like nineteen seconds in and then it then fires it two commercials. Five seconds. Skip, skip. Fifteen fifteen second, and then you can skip the second commercial is how it, Facebook's. It, I think there's difference. Sometimes I see back to backs and you can skip it at five and skip yeah. it at five. Sometimes you can't skip it. Sometimes yeah. it, it just depends. Yeah. So anyway, I think that there's a, how how Twitter is making its money, I think, are those two ways primarily, though, is because you there aren't a lot of ads on there. I mean, you just don't get flooded with stuff. There's not a lot of space for ads. So a theory that's out there. So I, here's, what I, here's what I feel about the Twitter Elon Musk thing. I feel like Elon Musk is playing advanced chess, and the rest of us are beginning to learn how to play some checkers when it comes to stuff like this. I think we see that he's maybe trying to buy it. And we're like, oh, he's trying to buy Twitter. And I, I never feel like, maybe it's because I've seen too many TV shows. I feel like his true motive is three layers deep. It isn't just about owning an asset because he could own a lot of different assets. I'm with assets. you on that. I'm with you. That's why the why on that question of, of him buying it is really fascinating because I mean, it, I don't think it's just to put Donald Trump back on the platform. I mean, he's not. But here's something else also. This speaks to the, the the value of being somewhere first. He could why for, for a hell of a lot less than forty three billion dollars he could reinvent Twitter and make his own version of Twitter. Why not do that and make it the exact thing you want it to be? And I the value is that Twitter's built. It's established. People don't have to change. You know they just keep doing what they've always done. But talk about extreme value. Oh. You know, it's not hard to design a website that works like Twitter for somebody with deep uh, pockets like that. You're right. It's not hard to design it, Mark, but you nailed it. What What is hard is uh, getting people to sign up on your platform, get in, you know what I mean? Getting yeah. getting people Don't to, use Twitter, use Twitter. Yeah, right, right. You know, why are you using seven-minute ads when six <laughs> is right next door? <laughs> seven, six. You know, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. That, but here's, a, but here, here, here's the dark side. Here's the dark okay. side theory of what people think he might be doing. So he acquires what was at the time, it's not anymore, the largest stake in Twitter, 10%. Roughly 10%. 
And apparently Vanguard mutual funds or whatever now owns a little bit more than that. But the theory is he buys, he buys the stock. Um, he says it, uh, he's going to buy it. He tries to buy it. And maybe he tries to buy it knowing he won't be able to buy it. And then he sells the stock. So it's yeah, a little right, bit of a right. pump and dump, right? He gets involved. It goes up, he, which it well, did, he which said, it did. Yeah. Then they say, no, we're not going to sell it to you. And he's like, screw this. I'm out, which he makes profit and it causes the stock to, I'll use the word plummet. It might not plummet, but it causes the stock to drop quite a bit when he does that. You've I, had, um, yeah. So, it's, and, and it, don't forget the other part of this little chess game. If you're thinking of it that way where he let that thing out about, well, not only am I going to go out and buy all the stock, I'm going to buy it at a premium. Mm-hmm. It's it's listed at 46. I'm going to buy it at 56. So you hear people that go, oh, my God, that's, I'm going to get, you know, what is that, like 18% more than my uh, mm-hmm. than, than what it's actually worth? Oh, yeah, let's jump at this thing. Mm-hmm. And now, so that causes that, that churning of the, Yep. of that market to go up, up, up. Yeah, then he buys a couple of those, then all of a sudden you're right, goes, oh, you know what? I'm out of here. I'll dump it all. All right, I'll sell it all for $72 a share. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I just I just feel like... You, you too can own a share of Elon Musk's, Elon Musk's former stock. I just feel like we're... Well, of course, we're not being fed the exact right story or the true story, nor will we ever be with stuff like this, but it's interesting speculation. Here's one thing I think Twitter could do a better job. And Ross, in all your glory and all your brilliance, you can come up with a solution on how to make this happen. Twitter is mean. Twitter is mean? Yeah, Twitter's mean. Absolutely. It's a, it's a mean, it's toxic design. And it's oh, not. Yeah. So you talk about yeah. Facebook. Facebook, you don't see any of this stuff. And maybe because it's like everybody knows who everybody is because you post under your name, whatever. I, I think they're night and day difference in terms of occasionally you'll post something and somebody will say something snarky, right? Darren Rovell, do you follow him? Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, great example. Darren Rovell takes more shit than anybody else that I know of on Twitter that I personally see. He'll post some article about something related to sports and business, which is kind of his beat, and people just bash him constantly. Darren, you should kill yourself. Nobody cares about this. You're the worst person in the world, Darren. Like it's just constant. In, it doesn't matter what he posts. It could be correct and great, and people still get on there and say, you suck as a human and literally go kill yourself. Can you ever rid, get rid of that? <sighs> no. Uh, oh, man, Mark, that's a big question too, man. Uh, I mean, that, I'd like that, that doesn't make this is a th- this is a This is a conversation over a, uh, a trip to Denver. <laughs> yeah. Because... What no is the answer. It's not. It's not possible because I'm talking about in realistic terms. But this is going to seem like I'm way out in left field. But the reason that it's not possible is the thing that holds back our humanity altogether. Like it's not possible because people just aren't capable of being nice all the time. They're not. Is it more possible if on Twitter you had to post under your own name? I'd see, and like when you said, I, again, one of those premises that you threw out there that it's not like that on Facebook. I see some, you, I'll, I'll agree to a, to the extent that it's not as toxic. That you don't see as much of it. You don't see the vitriol. You don't see the kill yourself thing. You don't, it doesn't go to level 11. Mm-hmm. But man, on Facebook, I see it at like level 7. And you see, you feel the undertones of those uh, of those bigger kill yourself type of comments, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you're not going to get rid of it because we're just wicked, dude. We're just wicked. People, every one of us is capable of it at any moment, at any time. We've got a billion people waking up every day in a different mood. And my bad mood can turn your good mood into a sour one real quick. Like, I, I was reading somebody's, uh, one of my friend Taylor, who I work with at the radio station, she put a thing out today that said, uh, had a good reminder today never to check your email before you get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, I've never, I never really do that usually. I don't, I don't usually open up Facebook, Twitter. I, when I get up, I'm headed to the shower, and by the time I get in the shower, I've got a podcast or something fired up. That's I do about Wordle. That's why I do. When I yeah, do. That's a good Wordle. thing. Good Wordle. thing. She gave a great example of why not to do that because she opened up an email that sent her in a spiral of a bad mood. And then that instantly clicked like, oh, I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've opened up Twitter on my way to the shower and seen something that I went, idiot. And then the and for at least a while of my day, I was pissed off and angry and couldn't figure out how people were so stupid. Like that's so so that's what happens with Twitter, man. We're all exposed to each other. We're all allowed to share our opinions. Most of our opinions suck. What's the old line? Opinions like buttholes. We all have them, and they all stink. Most of them stink, but yeah. Oh, that's how the line goes. I mean, at, at a certain time, all of them stink. Okay. I agree right, with yeah, you. Yeah. Right? I, I don't like, I mean, I'm not But gonna, if you went around right now and sniffed all the buttholes in the room, smell maybe, maybe, maybe not all. I'm going to smell buttholes. Maybe not all of them. I would rather hear opinions than smell buttholes, I'll tell you that. Like, like a thousand to one. Thousand, it reminds fact, me of our bottle fact, of Malort. It's in, got the smell of yeah. an unusual botanical. So yeah, that's how, a good unusual butthole. Unusual botanical is a good way to put the is a way to say good way to say Malort. And yeah. by the way, funny story: anybody who's ever tried Malort actually throws up a little bit in their mouth every time they hear the word Malort. Do they? It's like Malort rhymes with wart. Rhymes with. Didn't we hear it, about somebody rhymes, that actually likes Malort? Hey ho. Oh, did he say it Joe like Hayhoe is a whiskey connoisseur, drinks the finest whiskeys and bourbons on the planet. Man. And the, he, he, now, when I say he he likes it, he's the only person that's ever tried it and said I don't hate it. Uh, that's true. Yes, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, shout out to Joe. If you need a loan, he's a good guy. I say Joe Hayhoe. Okay, uh, it's it is time. Is it time? Yeah, it's about time. It's Friday. Oh, man. We both got stuff to do. We're at 40 minutes. Make that sound like it. We've been we're, talking we're, for 40 minutes 40 already? 40 minutes. Holy cow. Oh, we can make time fly. Oh, I hope that flew. I hope that was as fast for you as it was for... Wait. Was it? Was it just, no. As good for you. Yeah. That sounded bad. I'm sure it was faster for you than it was... Wait. Um, I uh, am actually... Um, I am actually wondering what the greatest story I've ever heard is going to be. I can, did you tease this, this is a fun one? one? I don't think I've teased this one to you at all. You came in here the other day, clapping, saying you had one, so I, you were excited did, about this it. This is, and I, I'll be honest, Mark. Throughout the week, I've probably had about four of them that oh, okay. I wanted to share with you. Okay. Uh, I, I and I these things I love. This is why I love these stories because most of the, all everyone that I've shared with you is one that I'm familiar with in some way, form, or fashion before. I these are not stories that I'm finding the week that I'm telling you yep. about them. They, this is why I've had this idea to do this because there's so many, so many of got. these amazing podcasts. Take Ross to stories. dinner. He can entertain you for hours. That's <laughs> unfortunately the, the truth. Yes. Uh, so we got to go back to 1945 for this story and there is a guy by the name of Percy Spencer. Uh, he's from Maine and he's working for uh, an engineering company by the name of Raytheon. You've heard of uh, Raytheon. Is he from Bangor? He's from Howland, Maine. Okay, whenever I, I hear Maine, Maine I think Bangor. You know, you know Howland, real close to why. real close to Bangor. They're in the same okay. uh, same state. Okay, yeah, yeah, 
Not a very big state. Well, Maine. I don't know. Is Maine big? Big's Maine compared to Iowa. When I think of a map, I think of them being similar look size, but Maine being smaller. Look it up. How would I look it Maine, up though? Maine's like, bigger. Like by, by like Maine's square, bigger is, square footage. Is that Maine's the proper bigger way? than Iowa. Let's look it up. Square footage wise, I mean, it's got that big nose out on the big. All right, top so I'm going to do square footage of Iowa. Square uh, footage. Iowa is uh, this is square miles. Okay, square miles. Uh, fifty six thousand two hundred seventy one square miles. Fifty six two seven one Iowa. Fifty six two seven one. I'm going to give you a little perspective here, real quick. Okay. Uh, Alaska is six hundred sixty three thousand square miles in comparison. So Alaska is big. It's twelve times the size. Alaska is big. Uh, wow. Okay, Maine. Oh, oh, oh. So what's your official guess on Maine? Bigger. You think? Yep. Iowa's what? What was it? Fifty-seven. Fifty-six thousand two hundred seventy-one. That was Iowa. Iowa. Fifty-six two seven one. Maine Iowa. is thirty-five three eighty-five. Roscoe. You know, much now I'm a smaller. dumbass. I'm a dumbass. Much smaller. I I should have known that. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Okay. And this surprises no one. Rhode Island dead last one thousand five hundred forty-five square miles. That's like here to Hibachi House, basically right uh, across the street. Yeah, right. Um. So it's 1945. Percy is working with Raytheon, and they've got him working with a very specific type of technology at Raytheon called a cavity magnetron. Now, if you are a super smart, astute listener, this sounds like something Gru would have been working on, and you know, it, with, with his minions, it is. Um, it it's gr- high it, powered. Gru is that his name? Gru from from, okay. from the from the minions. Gru, yeah, okay. What's the name of those? Despicable me. Yeah. He's working with uh, high-powered microwave beams with this cavity magnetron. And Percy is uh, working with one of his good buddies, and they're kind of working with some different things about what this technology could possibly mean for Raytheon. And by happen chance, Percy shows up to work one day with a chocolate bar in his pocket. Mm -hmm. And while he and his buddy are working with the cavity magnetron, uh, Percy goes and steps outside, decides he wants a bite of his delicious chocolate bar, reaches in his pocket, and the chocolate bar is melted. He couldn't figure out how. He hadn't been in any heat sources. It had been in his pocket, but he had carried chocolate bars in his pocket before. It might have softened it, but they didn't melt like this. Yeah. And he couldn't figure out what was going on. He went back into his buddy. He's like, something's weird here. Check this out. I got thinking about it, you know the only thing that he had really been exposed to was that high-powered microwave beam. Now we hear that right now, and we think, "Oh well, duh, dummy, microwave." You had a microwave in, in that you were standing that, and that's going to melt the, the the chocolate bar. This is how microwave technology was invented, Mark, and and Percy is the guy that figured out that containing microwaves mm-hmm. in a metal box. Yep. Could cook food. It, it 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 the story behind how this thing gets launched is fascinating because, dude, even when we were growing up, there were a lot of myths about microwaves, right? Well, I don't even know if they're myths. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I well, I'm trying to think what I would have heard growing up because certain things are true. You can't put metal in microwaves. Can't put metal in a microwave, you know, right? Tin foil right? stuff. Will, right, those are true things. Uh, but did you ever hear like um, 
you know, one of the first things that came out before we were kids was that using a microwave, using microwave technology to, to on food reversed the chemical makeup of the, uh, of the food. I don't know if I heard that, but just the, the general premise that it's toxic. Yeah. I've certainly heard that like you're getting cancer if you stand next to a microwave, yep. that sort of thing. Yeah. Which is not true. So, so what Spencer and his buddy did, um, was they decided the next day that they were going to try a couple of different things. Okay. They couldn't, they didn't quite have the metal box idea yet, but they were still testing this theory. Is this microwave technology really heating up this food and can it heat up food enough to really cook it? Can it heat up a popcorn kernel enough to pop it? So the next day they showed up and that's what they brought. They brought some unpopped popcorn kernels and they brought a raw egg. Hmm. They put the unpopped popcorn kernels in front of the microwave beam. We all know what happened. Two minutes later, they were enjoying a healthy snack. <laughs> right, right. Uh, threw the egg down on um, oh, what was oh, I don't. Geez. I have no idea what happened to the egg though. It did cook the egg. It, I mean, it, so the the microwave technology will. I mean, you can cook basically any food with it. It is just heating up. What it does is it excites the molecules inside the food. And gets them to, uh, the heat comes from the friction that's caused from the molecules vibrating so violently against each other in the microwave. That's why your plate gets hot. The the, the molecules inside the plate are, are heating up. And that is why in Percy's pocket... He didn't feel the heat waves hitting his leg. Mm-hmm. He the, the but the microwave technology was exciting the molecules inside of the chocolate bar and causing them to melt yep. because of that friction. So once they discover this, uh, Raytheon uh, sells the uh, technology right away to um, Amana. Ironically, was it Amana? It was one of the Des Moines, It was one of the Iowa companies. I had it here uh, just in front of me. That would make sense. Oh come on, Ross. It was. Whirlpool, Amana, one of them. Radar Range built the first, or, or Raytheon rather, built the first radar range. That was what they called it the when it was first commercially available. The, and we've all seen on microwave ovens, sometimes it still says radar range. Old ones. Yep. That Old. was, and that was simply the word for microwave. Yeah. It, it wasn't a brand of Raytheon. It was just the word that they gave it. It's kind of like the word convertible. It's mm-hmm. what it meant. So... The first commercially available microwave was five feet eleven inches tall. Wow! It weighed seven hundred fifty pounds, and it cost five grand in U.S. dollars. So this is nineteen forty-seven. That would be fifty-eight thousand dollars. Our microwave here, by the way, costs about thirty dollars. Yeah, it's right. it tiny. Right. It fits. Yeah. You, it's and, on a shelf. In and the back. any of the girl, anybody in our office could have carried it in. Yeah. Uh, Seton could have carried it in. Yep. Your your ten year old son. Yep. Uh, it uh, also consumed about three kilowatts, about three times as much as today's microwave ovens do, and the thing had to be water cooled. So. It uh, And the name, by the way, came from an employee contest. Raytheon announced this technology to their employees in 1947. They said, we want to come up with a fun name for it. And one of their employees came up with the name Radar Range. Obviously, with the things I just walked through there, uh, this thing was like the Google Glass of its time, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's really amazing. Ain't no way in hell. Yeah. Five feet tall, 750 pounds. Five grand. Five grand, which is like having, I mean, it's 50 grand. It's basically it like a, car. a year's salary then, to some people. It was, it was a car. Right. 
So it did not take off. And by the way, the water-cooled thing was a big feature also because that's one of the things that took so much space. It had took a lot of maintenance. It was a problem. So mm -hmm. it didn't have... The benefits did not outweigh the problems. The juice wasn't worth the squeeze, as you would like to say, Mark. Mm -hmm. So it took a while, man. It took until Japan's Sharp Corporation began uh, manufacturing them in the 60s. The microwave technology really started to develop. They were able to minimize it. Uh, that's when they came up with the idea for the turntable. And in 1965, Raytheon expanded the radar range technology. They acquired Amana to provide more manufacturing capabilities. That's when Amana really kind of took off. Um, and that's uh, basically the story of how we got the microwave uh, technology that every one of us has in our home today. It was an accidental discovery because our boy took a chocolate bar into uh, feel, into work. One I feel day. like so a thank lot God of, for Perry Spencer and his sweet tooth. I feel like a lot of people uh, discover stuff on accident. I think that's a really common microwave thing. is one of them. You know, Viagra. It's the one that jumps to mind. Never used it. For the record, but Viagra is an Viagra accident. Viagra was, was it really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a heart medicine that they realized it was giving everybody boners. And they're like, hey, we can just give boners. True story. It's like it was a side effect. It was like, the, why is everybody getting erections off of this stuff? And they're like, holy crap, we've got something. Not what we wanted it to be, but we got something else. So, yeah, that was that was accidental. Um, there's a, there's, there's here, here's, here's, here's the myth, by the way. that come. Well, I don't think it's a myth. I want to know if you know the answer to this. How many times have you seen a movie where where you see it commonly? And here's a great movie, uh, The Town. Have you seen The Town? No. Ben Affleck, Jeremy Renner, Bank Robbery? No. Great, great movie. Okay. Great movie. All right. Watch is, ben, it. is Ben Affleck the cop in that no, one? No, he's not. Okay. No. Okay. Great movie. Honestly, it's really, really, really good. All right. I don't know anybody that doesn't like that movie. Text so. that to me. I watched this weekend. Okay. So, but in that movie, they're bank robbers. They go in and they grab the, uh, essentially, they're robbing a bank and they grab the cassette tapes that are recording. Right? Yeah. They pop them in the microwave, they hit start, and you see that. Yeah. Whatever. Does that work? I assume it does. You see it all the time where someone's trying to erase something off, especially like a VHS tape or a whatever, where they put it in a microwave and they hit start, and apparently that does the trick, at least in Hollywood. You know, the Mark, I, I've never, I don't remember ever seeing that in a movie. Yeah, I've, it, seen, I've that seen that, that a thing. lot. Wow, wow. I've seen that a lot. I don't know. This I is mean, one of these times where I'm shocked you're not like, I got a guy. Well, I, I, I have a guy I could call. I'm, I have two guys. Raleigh, Ruben King, and Rick Shalfan are the radio engineers at the at the station, and they would both have the answer to that question. I'm certain of it. Like, now, I don't I know if it would be a cassette tape or a VHS I, tape. I do know that tape, any sort of, any sort of tape, VHS tape, mm -hmm. uh, audio tape, can be erased with a magnet. Mm -hmm. like rubbing a magnet yeah, on it. Yeah, and we, so one of the things we had at the radio station for a long time was it looked like one of those paddles that you see that they shock people with yeah. in the movies. Uh, so it was, had a, it was big black handle and a big black flat surface, almost looked like an iron a little mm -hmm. bit. You plugged it in and you hit the button and the and it would go me And then when it was mean, <laughs> when yeah. it was making the noise, you could rub things again. You rub anything against it yeah. and either magnetize or demagnetize the thing. Mm -hmm. So I could bring in my tools yep. and magnetize my screwdrivers. Interesting. You run it and then you, you rub it on there. And, but what we used it for was to erase tapes quickly. Because when I first started the radio station 20 years ago, yeah. we used tapes for well, stuff. So many tapes to go around. Yeah, right. And, you, and once you used one up, you needed to clear it off. You, you'd rub this magnet on it. For, and I mean seconds. Yeah. Hold it like an old Memorex tape. 
me that's it that thing's toast it's it's totally wiped yeah. clean so i'm a, i'm guessing there is some science to the microwave thing i'm guessing there probably is especially if it's in so many movies i mean uh, yeah. movies take liberties they do there's no doubt about that yes but, they do but for a lot of times they they have real consultants that help with stuff hey speaking of little ones my children have come in about that my children are, are here to see me there's the big guy there he is all right hold on seaton come back here seaton come here need you need you can't let him listen to this podcast so we can no, i'm just gonna let him say hello oh okay here hey come here you've never said hello on the podcast so here, here. you got to get the close to the mic hello that's my that's my 11 year old boy seaton yeah. seaton john he's he's got a baseball game two two baseball games tonight okay. oh to double header tonight on a friday night yeah he's gonna look hit dingers look at this kid did you I ever see, see that it. did you ever see that uh Big Al, like yeah. when they, my name's Big Al. My name's Big Al, and I hit dingers. Eli's got a boy on his team. We talk about that. that they a lot. all call Big Al because he has a, he talks. He has a, he has a voice kind of like. Does this. he hit dingers though? Oh, we're about to find out. Eli's team doesn't play. I mean, he's, Eli has already started playing Little League, but yeah, that's what this is tonight. Little League. Uh, or, or so he he is on a UCLSA team, but this it, tonight I think is some type of a league. Yeah, they don't that, play in he, regularly. Eli was on a U trip team last year that did a league thing also. Yeah, so I, I think it's just a here. supplement. Yeah, to to whatever. All right, so. go get him, knock him dead, hit work, some dingers, work hard. We're almost fun. done. I'll come talk to you in a sec. Um, so does any by by the way does anybody on Eli's team hit home runs? Yeah, on, the, on, the, on the team he had last year, there were three kids that did, and Eli hit yeah. a ball that that was about nine inches from going out. Okay, so Seton's team had had a kid do it two years ago. Yeah, nobody hit one last year on yeah. his team, and this year just started. So I'm like, when did the dingers start flying? It, this is the year. So wait, he's 11. Could yeah. he be playing yeah. as 11 year old? This yeah. is the year. This is the, the, the little league majors that that 11 and 12 year old. They start they, to get a little pop. Two things, Mark. It's the speed of the pitches too. Yeah. Faster the ball's coming in, faster it's going to react off the bat. Yep. Kids are getting stronger. Bats are getting faster. I mean, I don't mean technology-wise, which is yeah. a part of this yeah. also. But, yeah, the, uh, yeah it, it, that's this 11-12, this is when baseball's so much fun. Because when you're a kid, I mean, I, re I remember my buddy Jeremy Basinger hitting home runs in Pleasant Hill that landed on the tennis courts. Yeah. And that was just, oh, my God, did you see Oh, dude, he was Hank said? Aaron. He was Hank Aaron. Yeah. He's the greatest. He's going pro. He's going to go pro. For yeah. sure. Yeah. There can be no doubt about he, it. He, the problem was he was one of those dudes that was, uh, he was the biggest 12-year-old on the planet. Yeah. But then he just, he never got much bigger. You know, he just grew so fast. He was awesome dude, man. Yeah. I remember, I, I look back. He's like a firefighter. I, I look guy. back very fondly of my 9, 10, 11, 12 baseball oh, yeah. era. Yeah. Ironically, I was on a team called the Realtors. Like, for three years, we had green shirts. They were sponsored by, like, the Ames Realtors, like, association. Wow. That it was is like, ironic I, and I, I was on the same team for three years, and we were the best team in the league. Every That's year, funny. The, the Realtors. I could tell you every team I was on my entire... It was usually, life. like, I remember, like, in Ames, it was, like, Stenberg Concrete. Today, yeah. we play Stenberg Concrete, and now we play McDowell's Insurance Agency. That's funny. It wasn't, it wasn't team names. It so was, like, like, that's what they were called. That's a bit, a little bit like uh, Bad News Bears. Yeah, Chico's, Chico's Bail, Bonds. Bail Bonds. Right. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Ross Peterson at Charterhouse Real Estate is sponsoring a team in Pleasant Hill. Yeah, what's, what's the team name? You asked me about that. Uh, sponsor their jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, Do they actually I, have a name? I threw down on that. You know, I don't know if the I don't know if they do. I have a picture here. The Roscoe, but Royals. it is just the back of the jersey. 
But look at how sweet that thing looks. Huh? Oh, look at that. There's a lot going on there. A lot going on. See, there. that reminds me a little bit of like what's going on in pro sports, like the NBA. Now it's there's got patches, it. like adding a patch or whatever. They've embraced sponsorship. This is doesn't look like it actually has a team name because it's red, white, and blue. It's an American yeah. flag type jersey. Yep. There's an American flag at the top, then the young man's name, yeah. big number underneath that, Ross Peterson. Charter House. So you, uh, that's not Eli's team, though. You're just that's not no. Team. Eli's team already had a sponsor by the time. Uh, Hopefully, we, not a real we, estate agent. Not a real estate agent. But boy, I will tell you, real estate agents, thick as thieves around the ballparks. There's a lot of them. Roughly, I think I don't know the exact number. Forty three. Oh, oh, Forty three million in over Moines. over two million in the country. Oh, so oh, you're a little, my you're a little just, just dude. You didn't do so well in numbers today. You you butchered main <laughs> size. You don't know how many agents there are. In, in the country, you need work. You're too busy bringing me checks, though. So that's a good thing. All right, I'll get All out right. of here. We're out of here. Hopefully, you enjoyed today. Hey, if you need to buy or sell a house, Charterhouse Real Estate's a great place to uh, to try. I'm biased. I own it, but CharterhouseIowa.com. Give us a try. See ya.